You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt. Once again, welcome to Paranormal Pets on PetLifeRadio.com, where the unexpected is expected and strange animals are the norm. I'm Dusty Rainbolt, your guide to the other side. Thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Emily P. Young-Green. She's a writer and artist who's had some very interesting animal ghost experiences around her home. She and several members of her community in British Columbia have also been privy to some Sasquatch sightings. But before we visit with Emily, let's find out what's happening in the area of bizarre animal news. Dateline, Washington, D.C. Barney, President George W. Bush's Scottish Terrier, had some biting commentary about the White House press board recently. When Reuters reporter John Decker got too close for comfort, Barney decided to give him the sit-and-stay command. Obviously, the reporter didn't speak canine and dogged Barney for a response. Well, he got one all right. Barney shot the journalist the finger, or rather clamped down on his forefinger. Decker was treated for the bite by a White House physician. Fortunately, Barney's current on his vaccination, so he won't have to worry about catching rabies from the reporter. On a happy note, Barney only has another month to put up with the paparazzi before he retires to the Dallas area. Mexico City, a Sitacuero family, must have thought there was a little too much tequila in their tequila when they found a full-grown tiger lounging on their porch. The big cat was one of three that escaped a circus and wandered the streets for an hour and a half. The reason for the jailbreak? Someone forgot to lock the door. Two of the tigers were captured quickly, but the trainer had to entice the most adventurous kitty with chickens. Prior, Oklahoma. Driving without a valid driver's license can be a serious offense, but one driver stopped by prior Oklahoma police neither had a license or insurance. He even had problems walking the sobriety line, but not because he was drunk, but because he was a pit bull, and not the lipstick-wearing kind either. The 70-pound pooch had been waiting in a car alone at a car wash when somehow he shifted the vehicle into reverse. The car circled onto the highway and then back into the car wash bay. Since the owner had no proof of insurance, the car headed off to the impound lot. Fortunately, the dog, who likely had valid tags, was able to walk home with his owner. And speaking of pit bulls, there's another pit bull attack in the news, but this one's with a twist. In Port Charlotte, Florida, a woman identified only as Angela 
was leaving a playground with her two-year-old son when a knife-wielding robber approached him. He warned her not to move or make any noise. But from out of nowhere, a 65-pound pit bull mix appeared and charged the man, bearing teeth growling and snapping. Angela had never seen her guardian angel before. After the man fled, the woman opened the car door to put her son in the car, and the dog jumped in the back seat, waiting with her until the police arrived. The protective pooch has been dubbed Angel. The animal control officer said Angel most likely belongs to someone because she's so friendly and she's in such good shape. Angel was taken to the city shelter waiting for a reunion with her owners. But not to worry. If no one shows up, Angela and her son are already in line to adopt their mysterious guardian angel. And finally, if your pit bull doesn't have an impressive set of pearly whites, you may need to look into braces. Veterinarians are starting to treat dog dental problems with orthodontics, for health reasons, of course. Lucky dogs get anesthesia, an option most teenagers aren't given. And once the toothies are all back in place, Rex gets to wear a retainer. The braces can cost up to $2,000, and while they're being worn, the owner has to brush the dog's teeth regularly. Before vets started using Barker braces, they had to pull the teeth or file the offending ones. And aren't we grateful that in the future no one is going to be able to accuse our pets of being a good old dog. And now, our Animal Saint of the Week is St. Edmund of East Anglia. He's also known as Edmund the Martyr. He's the patron saint of wolves, and we observe his feast day on November 20th. Well, that's the latest. You heard it here first. Well, maybe not, but you heard it here best. Now, we're going to break for a couple of commercials, but we'll be right back with writer and artist P. Emily Younggreen. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Dock. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Thank you. 
Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. Welcome back to Paranormal Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Our guest today is P. Emily Younggreen, a writer and illustrator from Coslow, British Columbia. Emily, welcome to Paranormal Pets. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? Well, I'm staring out the window at uh, pouring rain and expecting it to turn to snow any minute. <laughs> oh, well, lucky you. Well, what kind of writing and illustrations do you do? Well, I do pet portraits, and I illustrate uh, pets for books, and I also do semi-painting. Semi-painting, okay. What is that? Japanese, just, just sort of like Japanese, Chinese, brushstroke painting. Oh, how wonderful. Well, now, getting back to the paranormal, I understand that your home has a history that's closely associated with animals. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> you want to share some of those experiences with us? Well, uh, we live in a house that once belonged to a veterinarian. He and his wife have both passed away now. But uh, everywhere on this property, of course, are animals buried. But it seems like, especially around this time of year when it turns to winter, we're always catching glimpses out of the corner of our eyes of, of cats and dogs. Um, they must have been residents here uh, at one time or maybe treated by the old vet who lived here. But um, there's one cat in particular that's here. It's a big uh, black and white cat that we see quite often who just kind of comes and goes <laughs> and floats through. <laughs> He floats? Oh, my goodness. Now, isn't there a room that used to be a sunroom? Or? Yes, there is. What we use as a laundry room now is actually the surgery and, um, and his examining room. And very often what we see are the cats, that, especially the black and white one, that sort of leaps through from the laundry room into the rest of the house into the foyer. So I think that's where most of the activity probably took place to begin with. See them outside. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most unusual occurrence you've ever seen? Uh, well, we did see, or I saw, uh, I think maybe the veterinarian himself when I opened my bedroom door. And um, there was a tall man standing in the room and for one second, and then he was gone. And then um, there have been occasions when I... I was standing right next to our bathroom door, and the light switch is on the outside. And if this has happened to both me and my daughter, we've stood there and watched the light switch go off and on. Just wow. up and down on its own. <laughs> and we've had radios that turn off and on. And I think just, I guess it was yesterday, we were standing there and watched the uh, door that goes out to the porch open and close. And there was no draft. So that was... That was kind of strange. Well, how wonderful to have a resident vet. Has he ever helped you in any way? I wish our poor old kitty is on her way to oh, across dear. the rainbow, and I wish there was more we could do for her other than just doing our best to make her comfortable, but I wish. Aww. Well, now, you've had other interesting experiences, too. You've had encounters with large living creatures. Is that right? Yes. 
Would you like to share those with us? Sure. I, I think you're probably talking about our Sasquatch encounter. That would be the one, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, that was many years ago, although it seems like it was just yesterday. But it was years ago, and we were coming home late one night from town, which was, oh, about in miles, I guess that's about 35 miles away, over winding uh, mountain highway. It's very mountainous here. And as we were coming around a bend, there was another car coming from the opposite direction. And there was something that happened. We couldn't quite sure figure out what it was, but my husband put on his brakes and the oncoming car put on their brakes at the same time. Something had crossed the road. And as we drove a little further, my husband said to me, did you see something back there? And I said, well, I saw something. And he said, was it tall? And I said, yes. And it had like long legs and long arms. And he said, yes. And and he said, and long hair. <laughs> and we're used to seeing bears. We see bears all the time. Bears do not run on their hind legs. Whatever this was, was long and tall. And we could just feel the hair on the back of our necks go up. And, uh, Whatever ran across, whoever was coming from the opposite direction, they must have seen it, too. And uh, it went across the highway in about two, maybe three strides. It was it was big. It had to have been well over seven feet tall, I think. And we were reluctant to, we were very reluctant to tell anybody. Everybody would think we were crazy. So, but we did finally mention it to uh, the people we had bought our property from. They're old-timers in the area, and they didn't laugh. They just looked at each other and said, yep, (laughs) we know what they are, and then uh, mentioned it to a highway crew in the area. We went down to look to see if there were tracks, but it was hard to tell because the grass was so tall and so much undergrowth, but there were apple trees in the area, and there was a crew working on the highway, and, and uh, our old friend mentioned it to them, and they didn't laugh either. They just started looking up the side of the mountain and looking around, and people here don't think it's crazy. They think they're here. And uh, shortly after that, we had a visit from uh, Professor Forsyth from Simon Fraser University who interviewed us and told us that our sighting was not unlike all others. And uh, then we had a visit from a young group of fellows who were putting together an expedition to go into the Purcell Mountains to look for them, and they interviewed us on camera, and then we didn't hear from them again. I never found out if they actually were, if they were actually able to mount their expedition or not. But uh, several things happened at that time. Our son, I'm still trying to find his drawing that he did. He did a drawing around the same time of uh, a Sasquatch. And the thing that was interesting was he was quite small at the time. I don't think he was over about six or seven years old. And the drawing is quite remarkable. It really looks like a Sasquatch, but the thing that's especially remarkable is it's done in perspective, as if he were standing looking up at it, which is very unusual for a child to do a drawing like that. But our kids practically grew up in the forest. They're always out there. So So do you think he saw one when he was very small? I think he saw something because it was just it was it just gave you shivers to look at this drawing. When you encountered the road crew, were they frightened? Were they nervous? They were a bit nervous. 
Yeah, they were looking around like, well, who's going to come down off this mountain now? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's so many people out here who have stories to tell. You know, I, we found we certainly weren't alone. And now there there haven't been any occurrences of people having been injured by these creatures? No, no. But I think the funniest story I heard was the old fellow that we bought our property from. He um, he handled heavy equipment and road building machines. And I guess he and another fellow were putting in a logging road and they were using a big bulldozer, and they had were way up beyond where anybody else would go when the bulldozer broke down. So they had to come back down the mountain and to get uh, parts for the dozer. And when they came up the next day, all their tools that they had left there were all perfectly arranged in rows, and the machine was repaired. And to this day... They, you know, they were insistent that it was a Sasquatch that repaired it. Oh, <laughs> I don't know about creepy. that. But there were no, <laughs> there were no people back up in those mountains. You know, it's just one of those funny things. They say it quite seriously. Oh, my. Well, that that's just amazing. I, I'd love to come up to your neck of the woods because it uh, sounds like you live a very interesting life. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be most welcome, Gusty. Oh, well, that sounds wonderful. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us about your in- ghostly encounters or your, your Sasquatch encounters? Not that I can think of at the moment. This morning, I saw the black and white cat again, uh, which, you know, it was really so sad. My daughter had put her big, beautiful cat to sleep earlier this year, and um, it, it was it was just really heartbreaking. And then... Uh, the day or so later, I went upstairs where Vladimir, her cat, would always sit looking out the window. And just for a glimpse there, I saw Vladimir and the black and white cat sitting together. Oh, um, how sweet. That, that made us feel better. Do you ever hear them meowing? No, no we, we don't ever hear sound. It, just quiet glimpses. Oh, that's very sweet. I, I would love to see something like that someday. Well, well Emily, <laughs> you're here, and you know what? Next time I come to Canada, I'm there. I'm there. Oh, you should come. It is really beautiful. Where we are, it, it, we might as well be living in a national park. It is so beautiful here. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your very cool stories with us today. Where can our listeners see your work? I can't exactly remember the address of the website, but anybody who wants to see my artwork, simply Google my name and uh, Google Emily Younggreen. Are there two G's or just one? Two E's. One okay. G. One okay. G. Y-O-U-N-G-R-E-E-N. Just Google in Emily Younggreen and the sites come up. Well, that's great. Well, thanks again for sharing your stories with us. And we'll have to say goodbye to Emily for right now. But y'all, hang on and enjoy these messages. We'll be right back with our Haunted Travel Guide. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Pet Life Radio proudly presents DSPN, the Dog Sports and Performance Network. Get ready to unleash the dog sports enthusiast in all of us. From ski joring and mushing to racing, agility, and competition, this is the place to learn all about the dog sports and activities that you can do with your furry best friend and canine competitor. So get ready for game time. DSPN with your host, Lori Williams. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Dusty Rainbolt. We're back. Thanks for sticking with us. And thanks again to Emily Younggreen for sharing her stories with us. Now it's time for our haunted travel guide. This week, we're going to the West Coast and Old Town San Diego's haunted Thomas Whaley House Museum. Now this 19th century Greek revival house has been called the most haunted house in the United States. The museum offers tours to adults for $6, but they also offer after-hours tours for $10. By after-hours, I mean after 7. There have been reports of objects moving, the mysterious smell of cigar smoke lingering, curtains rustling when there's no breeze. There are also reports that the ghost of the home's original owners, Thomas and Anna Whaley, still hang around. One paranormal investigation team took a photo which appears to be a small dog. You can find a link to the photograph on my Paranormal Pets page. And you can also get more information on the Whaley House and their tours at whaleyhouse.org. And that's W-H-A-L-E-Y house.org. Well, it looks like we're already out of time. I'd like to thank my guest, P. Emily Younggreen. And of course, I want to thank you, the audience, for joining us. Pick up a copy of my award-winning Ghost Cats, Human Encounters with Feline Spirits at your local bookstore. You can check out my website, DustyRainbolt.com. And if you're having behavior problems with your kitty cats, pick up a copy of my latest book, Cat Wrangling Made Easy. You can also read my advice column, Ask Einstein, at StickyPaws.com. And finally, if you have a story about a paranormal pet, an animal haunting, a real Bigfoot encounter, or maybe uh, you've run into a chupacabra, or you visited a haunted hotel or public place that has ghosts, dogs, or cats, or horses, contact me at Dusty at PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for listening, and may you always be in good spirits. Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>